0: Welcome to Beautiful Imperfection. We are so happy you're here. In this podcast, we will discuss from week to week our identity in Christ. The beauty in our imperfection is Him. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Beautiful Imperfection. I'm Pam, and I'm here with Lindsay, and we're so glad that you're here. Um, Lindsay, uh, we've been talking about um, together, just when we get together, a lot about uh, a thought that kept coming back to us um, about how people see us and how mm-hmm. we see people and how God sees us. And so as we were thinking about that and we're coming up with uh, the podcast, um, I wanted to entitle this one. Um, Never Be Afraid of the Giants. And it comes from one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And God is so good to put biblical truth um, in story form, which allows us to understand it and to share it easily. And there is power in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that God... Was not surprised by <laughs> that when he put those the narrative that Jesus uses in telling the stories of the Bible is powerful, um, the truth that speaks to us in ways that we can see it and resonate with, um, and we believe it. We can act on it because in His Word, and uh, His Word is powerful, and He gives it to us, and so. As he speaks to us, and it revolutionizes our life and redeems our lives. Mm -hmm. And so this story, for me, is one of those that we're going to tell in a little bit. Yes, no one can argue with our story,
1: right? Right. Um, It was given to us by God in our testimony, and our story is undeniable because it happened to us, and it's real. Right, and
0: sometimes— People like to tell us what our story is. That's true. (laughs) And um, so I hope that we can encourage you today to um, have the courage to believe who we are, who God says we are. It's interesting uh, to note that encourage contains the root word courage. And we all have things in our lives that can overshadow us at times. And if we're not focused on what God said and what he's done, and can do in our lives, we become discouraged. It's the same root word, but a totally different direction. That's true.
1: You know, I when you said that, I just see an arrow going up and down vertically. And as you're speaking about the word courage, in courage is the arrow up towards God. And then the down arrow is really towards Satan's lies, which is discouraging. And I think we can all go from one end of the spectrum to the other at one point in time. In one day. And maybe
0: sometime in one day. (laughs) Sometimes I can go through all the emojis at one time. That's but so I, true. They scare me because I don't even know what I ever mean. So you might have to help me with that. But some some of the the younger people may need. Help I don't with even some, know don't now, Pam. I am so out of it. It's like everything now though <laughs> it's is all emojis. Yeah, it's all emojis, and even the words are different. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, same word, different dictionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it, it can yep. it can get pretty dicey sometimes. <laughs> So, uh, but this story uh, about the Israelites, I'd like for you, Lindsay, and I know it's got a lot of hard words. Just say hard words and skip them because I, I might do That's that. why I'm letting you read it instead. <laughs> no, not, re- <laughs> not really. Not I'll really. I'll take one for the team, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so numbers 13, start with one through three, and then we'll skip down to 17 through 21, the beginning of that, okay. and then finish with 25 through 33.
1: Okay, great. All right. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, when I, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of these, if each its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And these are the hard words. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so going on to verse 17, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up from Negev And onto the hill country, see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or unfortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went on and explored the land from the desert of Zen as far as Rehob before towards Le- Lebo Hamath. Good job. All right. <laughs> now, verse 25 through 33. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at the Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruits. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The cities are fortified and very large. Oh, I repeated myself. I'm sorry. (laughs) No sorry. The Amalekites live in Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites lived near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with them, we can't attack these people. They are strong than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. Okay.
0: So I powered through that. <laughs> okay. So that's talking about the descendants really of like Goliath. There were giants, mm-hmm. you know, there and some those those kinds of things. But there are three th- you did great, by the way. It's <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Sorry, I shouldn't have. It's just, okay. Yeah. I would have just said hard words at the end too. Just, but um there are three things that really stand out to me in this patch. really a lot, but concentrating on these. Um When it talks about how the people saw themselves, Mm -hmm. um, how they thought other people saw them, and then how God sees them. So Mm -hmm. I want to flip that to us and say, okay, so how do we see ourselves Mm -hmm. How do others see us and how God sees us? And in this story of the Israelites spying out the promised land, there's great clarity in what they were asked to do. Because in verses one through three that you read, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, number one, send out men to spy out the land of Canaan. Number Mm -hmm. two, I'm going to give you the land. This is important of Israel. So the victory was already promised. And then third thing was choose a leader from every tribe. So there were 12 spies that went in. So all those hard words that we skipped were mm-hmm. the ones. Those were the 12 the, spies. Were, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the leader of the, that tribe. So then in verses 17 through 21, Moses sent them to spy out the land, And which these were very specific instructions too. He told them, Where to go? He told them what to look for. He told them what the land was like. Um, he said, are the people he asked if the people were strong or weak, are they few or many? Um, is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities open camps? Are they fortified Uh walls? Uh Is the land fat or lean? Are there trees or not? And bring back fruit of the land. So they went into the land. And they saw all the things that God told them would be there. And then they, so what did they do? So they sent the spies into the land. They cut the first fruit of the grapes of the vine. And they returned after 40 days to Moses. Aaron and all the people with them that they had seen, what they told all the people what they had seen. So remember all those hard names we skipped. Well, there are two that we can say. <laughs> you need to yes. remember Joseph. Uh, yeah, Joshua and Caleb. So they said, we went into the land where you sent us. It certainly does flow with milk and honey. So God, what mm-hmm. you said was right. So what uh, you told Moses, we saw it. We know that it's true. It's rich. And it has everything that we will need. Mm-hmm. And then the people who lived in the land, they are very strong. And the cities are fortified. They have great big walls. They're in uh, They are large cities, and the people are giants, basically. So they told them where each group was. They told the people. um, And then the people started getting afraid because of, they said that there's giants, that they're fortified cities, and all those things. But Caleb tried to quiet the people, and he said to Moses, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. But the men who went up with him said that the people were too strong for them. And so they gave the bad report. And they said in the land, it is a land that devours its inhabitants. There's nowhere in there that God said that that would be the case. And then he said, this is the thing. The men were of great size and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. So this is the thing that I want to spend our time on. Mm-hmm. So did the, did Moses say to God to tell them that they looked like grasshoppers? They said that themselves. themselves. They mm-hmm. said that to themselves. Nobody in that whole um, narrative said that they looked like grasshoppers, but they began to feel like. They were grasshoppers. And so the people saw, because they saw themselves that way, the people started thinking that too. They, well, we Mm -hmm. must be grasshoppers then. So what do you think about that, Lindsay? Well, what stands out to you most, I guess?
1: I... When I hear that this really the story, it just makes me think of how we put others on pedestals um, based on their title, their looks or relationship with others. And we tend to judge um, others from the outside versus what's on the inside. Um, We tend to also lower our character. So that same thing happened when they saw all this fancy stuff that was with milk and honey, this this city, Mm -hmm. and they felt almost beneath themselves in a way, um, that why would, you know, this all happen and be able to have this, this ability to have this, this, this nice stuff. And I, when we do that to ourselves, we also lower our character Mm -hmm. and think that we can't be as good as somebody else. Um, and I, I honestly, um, I feel like that's really why, why do we feel like they're all powerful? Why do we feel like we're not worthy of praise? Mm. Why do we as humans not see that we're all humans and that we're all broken as sinners?
0: Just- right. And I think that's, that's true. They saw that everything was good, just like they said it was, but they were afraid it was mm-hmm. their fear and not believing that it was promised to them already. And that, that's kind of what we do too. Cause we think of ourselves, well, there's no way I could do that. And they could do that, mm-hmm. you know, Lindsay can do that. I can't do that. Um, Or, you know, somebody can um, see something. But if God has already promised it to us, we need to really count on it. So there's a lot of things in our lives and in our character that we need to make sure that we are building on God's characteristics and what Mm -hmm. he is saying to us. And this is what they didn't do. Um, You know, and we're all broken and we're all sinners. Like you were saying, we all um look at things and think we're not worthy of it but God had already said hey it's yours go take it right just like as a believer he said to us okay you got heaven the promised land for you and and sometimes we can't uh, get ourselves out of the way maybe mm-hmm. and i think this was happening in this story too as they were talking and um Joshua and Caleb were saying but no we can do it god told us we could do mm-hmm. he's given us the power to do it we can possess this land it does flow with milk and honey it's great but there are and there are obstacles there but it's been promised to us so there were opposing opinions mm-hmm. and a lot of times we get caught up on that too don't we yes so, Absolutely. and we give too much power to an opinion or a perspective or whatever. And when God's saying, this is it. So how we see ourselves in this passage, I think sometimes we talked a little bit about the unbelief. Can't believe that it's, you know, would be for us or whatever, but there, there was fear there because they saw the big things that were happening. Mm-hmm. They saw the problems they were, where, where was their focus? On themselves, yeah, they were so concerned that they might not do something. It might not look right. It might, or they were afraid that they were so much bigger than me that there's no way that we can take this land. The funny thing was is that they really didn't have to do much <laughs> if they had just listened to God, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes that's in our life we get to the point to where um, God's given us victories, and we can. Pre- pre- possess those victories and, and take those as our own given to us by him as a gift, or we can say, Oh, that's just too big. And then Satan gets the victory. Mm -hmm. And so these people wandered around in the wilderness and never entered the promised land. The only two people that entered the promised land were Joshua and Caleb because they had God's perspective.
1: Yeah. That's so true.
0: So when I think about, um, you know, trying to see the future and the unknown. Um, and you know, we have no control over it. And so I know Lindsay, you're a planner and I'm a planner (laughs) (laughs) and I think, I think you're a better planner than me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we like to plan everything in advance. Right. And there's no way that, um, we can do it. And sometimes, um, we just have to allow God to work in our life. And, um, sometimes it's not, God's not going to give us this or that or something that we think. But when in his word, if we know what his word says and we know him and go, we go back to some of the earlier podcasts about knowing who God really is and knowing who we are in his sight. And I mean, those people said we are grasshoppers, so they see us as grasshoppers. Well, if mm-hmm. we see ourselves in like your word, and, and Emily used the word bold, mm. if we see ourselves as bold in Jesus, how do other people see us?
1: You know, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think when other people see us as what God sees us, then it's really over. They're, they're seeing God. Um, they're being able to see the image and the opportunity that God gives us. This um, this glimpse of him, um, and then that gives that shines the light to others. Mm-hmm. So um, I I really believe that in one instance or another, if if we don't think of ourselves or we miss the chance of not having to be able to see what God um, asks us to be bold enough to be able to be in His image bearers and um, and the and the sense of of mm-hmm. who He is, then we're losing the chance to be able to share that with others
0: right and being his image bearer is a huge thing and Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like if we could look back at joshua and caleb's life they were being the image bearer of what they were being given and so when god gives us something in scripture and he says who we are in him why can't we just believe that that's who we are and and too caught up in ourselves yes and boldly yeah. proclaim that, not being afraid of what yeah. someone else might think. And That's I think right. that stops us too, right? Because mm-hmm. we look at it, we think, um, you know, well, I I can never stand up and and do those kinds of things, or I could never approach a person and just say, "Hey, how, the how's what's your story?" Do you people will share? People mm-hmm. will share. We can interject Christ into those stories, and when. Christ becomes our identity, and we know what he thinks of us. and We can boldly proclaim that to others. Awesome. This is a great place to stop, and we're going to start, pick up on next week and continue this same story. And uh, so don't miss the ending. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have gleaned something of value that will help you in your day-to-day lives and draw you closer to living fully In who God designed you to be. Until next time, you are beautiful in His sight. If you've been thinking and listening to us and wondering, how can this become a reality in my life? How how can my identity be in Christ? And you've never received Him, I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that right now by praying a sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins. I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Please forgive me for everything that I've done and help me to walk with you as I follow you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you and help you as you start your life in Christ. Please visit thebestnews.org.